0: Hello again, this is uh, Jason Powers. I'm going to do a um, multi-volume podcast on this particular subject. Uh, today we're going to discuss the, um, the current impeachment uh, dilemma that's going on in the United States of America. Um, my opinion is, is there's a lot more uh, reason to believe that this impeachment is a cover-up uh, for corruption and or potential um, back deal, back channel dealings that we've been having with uh, Foreign nations In particular the Ukraine and the Russians uh, From the democratic side Or actually the deep state side uh, We'll get into that So I mean I had to compile some information Before I did this So we're going to try to go through this But it might take me uh, a little while So so we're going to start with um, Hunter Biden Um Ostensibly, we're going to start with his background and his history, and I think that's important to understand him. Um, obviously, one of the sources out there is Wikipedia, and the thing is, is we're not going to focus on the, the veracity of everything that's going on. I'm, I'm more worried about a timeline. Um, so, for example, the key instances that we need to start with are that he graduated law school in 1996 or roughly around that time, uh, from Yale. He actually transferred from Georgetown um, uh, Georgetown Law, and he transferred to Yale Law School, and he graduated in 1996. So he takes a job at uh, MB- MBNA uh, America. It's a, a bank holding company. And uh, was also a major contributor to his, um, po- uh, his father's political campaigns, according to Wikipedia, which is pretty interesting. Um, the source there is um, actually from the New Yorker, and, and that was retrieved, and uh, that was recently written. Uh, by 1998, though, he was he had risen to the, the rank of an executive vice president uh, in the company. So in two years from his graduation from law school, this is a guy who in 1988, 1988 had a kind of a, a drug issue issue. Um, and he can in eight years to turn it around or 10 years. And now he's an executive vice president. So he basically quits because from 1998 to 2001, he served for the U S department of commerce. So immediately upon getting to the top, one of the top tiers of of a banking corporation, he goes into government work. Why? I mean, I'm, I don't understand that, but uh, we'll follow along. Um, there he goes into being a lobbyist in 2001 for Oliker, Biden, and Blair. So immediately he's got his name on, on the top line of this company. Now, I'm not saying you, you can't rise to that level, but our current um, um, picture of Biden is uh, is a less than perfect individual. But here he is. He's succeeding and everything. And um, so he goes into lobbying and is his father's still a senator at this point, and one of the most powerful senators in Congress. He's been there for like twenty five years at this point because his, his his dad was a senator from the uh, early nineteen seventies, and this is two thousand one. So he'd, he'd already been in uh, service, you know, as a senator for like twenty eight years. So anyway, so. Uh, In 2006, Biden's with his uncle, James Biden, and they try to buy a hedge fund, but the deal falls through. And then his uh, that same year, Hunter Biden is appointed by George W. Bush to a five year term as the board of directors on Amtrak. That's interesting. Why would Hunter Biden get appointed as a board of director member on for Amtrak? By an opposing, so you got the Bush Bush angle, and then you have Biden. They're supposed to be political opponents, but yet they aren't. At least not in this scenario. I mean, that's a that's quite a heady favor to get from anybody. So he was on a he was a board member until he resigned in February of two thousand nine. February two thousand nine, Barack Obama is the new president of uh, of the United States, and he ups and decides to leave his duties. And from there, he goes and he get, hooks back up with a guy named Devin Archer, and who's uh, John Kerry's stepson. And, uh, well, he was a friend of John Kerry's stepson, uh, uh, Christopher Hines, of the Hines uh, Fortune. And they found us for, uh, found this investment firm called Rosemont Seneca. So you had, and, and Devin Archer uh, was at Yale, and then he went to Harvard, and he was, He was uh, roommates with Heinz in college at Yale in in the mid-1990s. So they're roughly all about the same age, and they're all from powerful, you know, families. You know, John Kerry and Devin Devin Archer obviously is the oddball, but he he knows the family well. And then you got Hunter Biden, so you got the uh, Bidens and the Careys, who at this point now you have John Kerry, who eventually became Secretary of State, And you have, obviously, Joe Biden as the vice president. So they joined. um, He also joined a law firm at this point in time, um, um, which is kind of interesting. So you got this investment firm and law firm. Now, this is a guy who's, you know, involved in these two organizations. And from everything we've been taught about him lately, he's kind of, um, you know, he seems like he's quite a bit of a screw up. But why You know, at this point in time, he's being highly successful and all this kind of stuff. Is this the true Hunter Biden or is it the fake one? We don't know. So for whatever reason, in May 2013, he decides to uh, to sign up for the U.S. Navy Reserve. And he becomes a, a commission officer, which is interesting because nothing in his background tells you that he would go into the U.S. Naval Reserve. This is where the story changes. And this is where I think... Uh, we're we're missing something that's being overlooked. I think C, uh, I think um, Mr. Biden here was being groomed uh, from some for some kind of uh, mission of some sort. And I say say a mission of some sort. I'm I'm saying really that he was being used as an intelligence asset because for whatever reason <laughs> he went into the U.S. Naval Reserve in 2013. Now why? Why would you do that? There's no, I mean, there's nothing in his background or history that says he's all gung-ho about joining the U.S. Navy. There's nothing in his background that would lead you to believe that. In 2013, Hunter Biden is 43 years old. Why would he do that? I mean, I know that from just, I was in the United States Navy. So I understand that there's no, there's got to be some kind, there's usually a, a career path and this isn't one of them. So anyway, he gets an age-related waiver due to his past drug incident in 1988, and he's sworn in as a commissioned officer, which is just you know startling to me. So anyway, the following month, the 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 the, the next month after he gets his commission, he test-piles it for cocaine. So this is the first, and this is 2013. Meanwhile, during this time, um, there was an article. Um, for example, um, he was involved in a deal going back in the so in December t- two thousand uh, December two thousand and thirteen. Sorry, um, Hunter Biden was jetting across the Pacific Ocean on Air Force Two with his father, his father and his, do- and his daughter Finnegan. So they're going to Asia. And Hunter Biden coincided with a major deal that Rosemont Seneca, that was the investment firm he he got involved with in 2009, was striking with the state-owned Bank of China. Um, So this is a guy who, from a timeline perspective, so in May 2013, he's in the Navy. The next month, he's out of the Navy or within a month or two, which is really interesting because... You know, it, it takes a little while to get processed out of the uh, service, um, but whatever. Um, and then he's off to uh, go work with, um, work on this uh, partnership or deal overseas and, and works with BHR Partners, which is the Chinese capital. And then they, they are the ones who are getting um, funds together to invest with the Chinese uh companies. And so this is just kind of just really shady, weird, and unusual. And not only that, I mean, it's not like the Chinese wouldn't have known what his background and experience is in. And they wouldn't have, and they would, they normally don't just go do business with somebody who just, you know, quote unquote, you know, shoved cocaine up his nose. So there's something there that doesn't add up. Um, And This is just one part of the story, but what I'm getting at here is that, okay, so after this, and this is December 2013, so three months later, or four months later, we get to the next chapter of the Hunter Biden story. He gets appointed to the board of Burisma in April of 2014. This is just four months after he just cut a deal with a Chinese uh, bank, largest state-owned bank in China. And now you're over in Ukraine. I mean, that doesn't make any sense, because for one thing, you know, <laughs> I would think that it it would seem to me that you would have to focus on that particular deal in order to achieve what you're trying to do. But that isn't what the real point here is, is because he's appointed there because Hunter Biden is being played being inserted into the Ukrainian operation for a reason, along with. What his lo and behold, his best friend and pal, Devin Archer, who he started an investment company with five years earlier, and they both get appointed to the board of Burisma in Ukraine in the exact same month, right after two months after the Crimea incident, the Crimea annexation by Russia. So, looking at that, you look at those events, that chain of events, you start to wonder why is this all happening? Well, If you look at it from the standpoint of, I guess you could say, United States policy, you have the Obama administration and um, the, um, I guess you could say Russia in 2012, March 2012, they're having talks and negotiations and, and Obama gets caught on a hot mic and talks about flexibility in regards to a missile defense system that has something to do with Iran. Now, I'm not up on all the foreign policy intrigue there, but it, it seems kind of interesting that um, after that election, okay, Barack Obama is now a lame duck. You know, he doesn't have to. He wins the election, and his uh, running mate, or run, uh, the, the candidate he's running against is Mitch uh, Mitt Romney, who comes into the picture because Mitt Romney, one of his advisors on his campaign, at least a foreign policy advisor, Happens to be a guy named uh, Joseph Coffer Black. Joseph Coffer Black is a CIA, um, he was CIA trained in the 1970s under George Herbert Walker Bush. And he winds up being um, an expert. He winds up being hired by Blackwater in the 2000s. He's an expert in counterterrorism. And uh, Romney um, starts working with him in 2007. And as of 2011, he was still working for him. So they had a relationship for a period of years. And Coffer Black eventually winds up on the board of Burisma in February of 2017. What I think is going on here is that the Democrats and some of the Republicans, they're babysitting. They send out their kids. They send out certain people. And those people are placeholders in these companies. And they're not doing it for free. There's a, there's a price to be paid. There's money being exchanged along the way in some way, shape, or form. And there's probably a whole lot of, um, I would say, back channel, tit for dat, quid pro quo, as we find out later on uh, with uh, Joe Biden. Um, at this point, that's going to be part one of this episode. I'm going to do part two here in a second. But I know that's a lot of information to take in, but uh, I hope that you You'll listen to this and understand where I'm going with it. Uh, Thanks.